Welcome to the Alien Beer Podcast. My name is Chrissy Garrison. I'm an independent science fiction and fantasy author, and I will be reading my stories to you. This week at the Interdimensional Rosedale Pub, Alyssa encounters a strange knight on a strange quest as she walks along the road. Don't laugh, but the idea for the knight in this story originated as a character I played in a Bunnies and Burrows play-by-email role-playing campaign I was in ages ago. A friend suggested that I need to urge you good listeners to check out my 11 published novels, seven of which are also in audiobook form. You can find them on sillyhatbooks.com slash fiction. Hint, Road Ghost is actually three novels in one, and the audiobook is a glorious 19 hours of spoopiness. And now, on to our story. The Rosedale Pub, Moonlit Night Alyssa couldn't believe her eyes. She'd gone for her daily walk upon the road when a knight appeared. At least she thought he must be a knight. He wore a metal helmet upon his head, a crimson cape flowed down his back, and a scabbarded sword hung from his belt. However, it wasn't his appearance that amazed her. It was the great scaled body that lay in the cart he pulled behind him. In the chill morning air, his breath steamed out of the T-shaped slit in the corroded helmet as he made his way toward her. She offered him a wave for greeting, and he called out a reply. Ho there, maid! What manner of place is this? Alyssa laughed, despite herself. She made a show of tucking her gauzy, tie-dyed scarf in, back into her blouse to keep it from floating up into her face as she gazed at the man. She gestured back the direction she'd come and said, Back there is the Rosedale Pub. It's a place for those who wander the ways between the worlds to rest and tell their stories. I'm not the maid. That's a shared duty. We all do our part in cleaning up. I do a little of everything to earn my keep. The helm swayed from side to side. Please forgive my gaffe, fair innkeeper. My name is Sir Orson Stanhope of Cascadia. I have been on a quest, but even I must rest my weary bones now and again. Would you be so kind as to accompany me to yon pub of renown? I'm Alyssa of Bloomington, and sure, I'll go with you. I don't know if Rosedale will let you in there with a dead dragon, though. As they walked side by side toward the pub, Sir Stanhope produced plumes of steam as he chuckled. You mistake me. I do not mean to take this beast indoors until she learns some better manners, and I would not risk offending the spirit of such a famous place. The knight parked his dragon-filled cart next to the porch. Its contents shifted, and a bass rumble, like a semi-downshifting, emanated from deep within. Alyssa blinked at the cart. The dragon was snoring, only asleep, not dead after all. To cover her surprise, she said, You've heard of the Rosedale? Oh, yes, I've traveled far and traded stories with many other rovers like myself. Many who have walked this road have spoken of the hospitality and novelty of Rosedale. What a thrill to have found it at last. To tell the truth, I thought it might just be a myth. Pray tell, what are those two doing with that metal flying machine? Alyssa swept an arm to take in the wreckage of a twin-engine, closed-cabin biplane. Z and D are our resident handy people. They're twins, but they're of a single mind about this kind of thing. They're salvaging what they can of the plane for future use. 
As they reached the porch of the pub, the knight paused and stared at the wreckage with faraway eyes. So she will not fly again. Alyssa shook her head. Doubt it. Knowing those two, they'll turn it into a turbo air conditioner, or a cold storage shed, or half a dozen other things. Sir Stanhope fixed his eyes upon Alyssa's. Such a shame. I should have loved to ride her up into the heavens to experience the wonder and wisdom to be found so far above this crude earth. Alyssa blinked, unable to bear the intensity of his gaze for long. She pushed open the door and offered him a shy smile. Sure, it would have been pretty up there. Too bad the waystorm took it down. The knight clucked his tongue in dismay and pushed past Alyssa into the Rosedale. Wait, no, you, get out of here, shouted Shira as Alyssa followed Sir Stanhope into the common room of the pub. The burly tusked woman wielded her pool cue like a sword, its point directed at the man. The jukebox played Elton John's song, Saturday Night's All Right for Fightin'. The knight drew his weapon from its scabbard. Have at you, knave! Sure, what are you? Her gray-skinned friend's eyes flashed a dangerous shade of red. Stay out of this, Alyssa. He's a lunatic. Sir Stanhope drew a circle in front of him with the tip of his sword, as if he could contain the orc-like woman within an imaginary circle. Lunatic I may be, but only in the original sense of the word. It is my quest. Alyssa dodged around the knight to put herself between him and Shura. I don't get it. You're on a quest to be crazy? Now you're getting it, cried Shura, shuffling to keep a line of sight on Sir Stanhope. The knight's laughter rang the metal helmet like a bell. Nay, the root meaning of lunatic, the effect of the moon. Knight's silvery orb is the pinnacle of wisdom, and my quest will take me there one day. Nothing will stop me especially not charlatans who prey upon the gullibility of others to make her living. Hey, cried Shura, I provide valuable entertainment. It's not my fault guys think someone who looks like me couldn't possibly be good at pool. Meanwhile, you go from place to place with your crazy quest, full of crazy ideas, telling people that being higher up makes you smarter. What a crock. Higher is smarter? asked Alyssa, her eyebrows pinched together between her eyes. Sir Stanhope straightened his spine and enunciated like an actor upon the stage. "'Tis the wisdom of the moon. Are not the wise supposed to dwell in towers? Are not the common rabble called groundlings? Are not the tunnel-dwellers called troglodytes and other subhumans?' Shura advanced two solid steps, the tip of her cue nearly reaching Alyssa now. She growled her words through a cage of pointed teeth. "'Buddy, my people live underground.' See? The woman makes my point for me, crowed the knight. Shura threw back her head and howled her rage. The other patrons in the common room backed away to the corners. The jukebox stopped mid-song. The image of Rosedale appeared in the mirror behind the bar, frowning with arms folded across their chest. Alyssa stomped a foot and pointed at the door. Look, you can have a drink and a bite to eat, but if you're going to be rude, you can see yourself out. The knight stood frozen in place, the tip of his sword wavering. Shura snorted like a bull about to charge and gore a rodeo clown. Out of the corner of her eye, motion in the mirror caught Alyssa's eye. Rosedale approached the glass from the other side, looming larger. Someone in a corner booth coughed. 
the holographic pool table played a tinny electronic version of the entertainer to remind people of the game in progress. Sir Orson Stanhope sheathed his sword and removed his helmet. The dark skin of his bald head shone in the lights of the pub, brighter than the weather-worn helmet he'd just removed. A neat Van Dyke decorated his face, the corners of his mustache turned up in jaunty wax curlicues. His eyes featured irises like twin inkwells. Alyssa felt she could fall into those eyes forever if nothing stopped her. A smile took its own sweet time to spread across his face. My apologies to the lady. Shura grunted and gnashed her yellow tusks. She backed up a pace, turned her back on the man, and resumed playing her solo game of pool without another word. Alyssa felt as though her stomach might be made of butter. There, that's better now. Join me at the bar for a drink so we can talk about this quest? The knight nodded and offered his elbow to Alyssa, who allowed herself to be led to her own bar. In the mirror, Rosedale still glowered at Sir Stanhope. Before we go any further, I think you'd better tell me about the dragon. The knight stopped and blinked as though water had been thrown in his face. The dragon? Why do you ask? Might be a friend of mine, said Rosedale. In that case, you may be amused to know that the dragon's ailment is quite self-inflicted. The poor thing thought she'd make a point by guzzling a keg of ale. Only it wasn't ale, it was rum. I shall require a bucket or three of drinking water to rehydrate my friend once I have sated my thirst properly. Rosedale nodded. As they became transparent and faded, they told Alyssa, It's your bar for now. Alyssa stood up straighter and let go of the man's elbow as she hurried to take her post behind the bar. What'll you have, good sir knight? Shura's snort could be heard throughout the common room. Perhaps you could re recommend something refreshing. I don't want to end up like my reptilian friend out there, but I could use a nip to take the edge off. Sure. We've got a wheat beer on draft that has a touch of peach. The knight nodded, placing his helmet on one bar stool and his seat on the other. Once she placed the full glass mug in front of him, she asked, Do you really believe all that? About altitude equating with wisdom? His eyes twinkled as he took a sip and nodded to her. You should probably know that the moon is airless and inhospitable. Even if you found a way up there, you'd die in seconds if you stood on surface unprotected. He wiped the foam from his mustache with his sleeve and laughed. Of course, I know this. I have spoken with many scholars on many worlds. She smiled. Only a very few people have ever made it to the moon where I'm from. Sir Stanhope's playful smile vanished, and his eyes showed their whites around those dark irises. Surely you jest. Alyssa laughed with delight. Not at all. Back before I was born, men walked on the moon. We've sent machines up there since then, but it's been decades since anyone walked up there. In a husky whisper, the knight said, Why? Why would they journey to such a hallowed place and then not return? Alyssa shrugged. It's expensive to go to the moon. The scientists and engineers of my country proved we could do it. But then there hasn't been much incentive to go back, especially with the Cold War being over and all. Stanhope stroked his Van Dyke with several absent pinches of his fingers. I see. I suspect it was not the decision of the men who walked upon the face of the moon to not go back. 
Alyssa shook her head. No, the astronauts don't make that call. It depends on the space agency and those who hold the purse strings back on Earth. You see? exclaimed the knight, waving his hands in the air around his head. Lowly ground-dwelling men clipped the wings of these astronauts, depriving them of further wisdom. Tell me, Alyssa, how may I go to this Bloomington so that I might join that elite order of men? I wish to be an astronaut as well. Well, the space agency isn't in Bloomington. That's just where I'm from. Some people call my home universe Beta Earth. I couldn't tell you how to get there, though. The knight wilted like fried lettuce. His Van Dyke quivered, but he hid it behind the mug as he took a deep drink of the beer. Hey, hey, don't take it so hard, said Alyssa. I hear that plenty of worlds have a space program. Why, just a few weeks ago, there was this holographic woman. Sir Stanhope slammed the mug down on the bar, spilling some of its dwindling contents. No, don't toy with my emotions further. I see now that my quest is doomed. Every advance, every bit of knowledge I have gained over the many years I have walked the road, every single one has had accompanying disappointments. Oh, to soar among the clouds that I might gain insight on what I must do now. Shura sidled up to the bar and murmured, I think I can help Alyssa help you. Alyssa and the knight turned as one to gape at the squat woman. Sir Stanhope's eyes narrowed as they focused on Shura. And why should you wish to help me? Shura shrugged. I know what it's like to be lost out there on the road. But more to the point, the sooner I give you a direction to go, the sooner you'll be out of my bar. Got it? Quite. Alyssa touched Shura's hand, her fingers passing over the woman's knobby knuckles. How can you help if I don't know the way myself? Shura grinned, her tusks gleaming. You don't know it in your head, but you and everything you brought with you, it's made up of stuff from Beta Earth. Every atom knows where it's from. The road pulls you ever so slightly back to where you're from. Give this goofball something of yours, and it'll guide him like a compass. The knight sat up straight once again. Alyssa wouldn't meet his eyes right away. To her orc-like friend, she said, You knew this, and you didn't tell me? Shura waved a clawed hand in the air between them. Eh, I would have told you if you'd ever wanted to go home. I mean, do ya? Alyssa gazed at the door that led out of the pub to where the road stretched off to infinity in either direction. Now that she thought about it, her daily walks had tended to guide her in one direction more than the other, and her walks had gotten longer and longer with each passing week. But she always returned. She wasn't ready. Not yet. Instead of answering Shura, she drew her filmy, multicolored scarf out from inside her blouse, untied it from round her neck, and offered it to the knight. Here, but I'll warn you, this may still be a false hope. People don't go to the moon anymore, but we might return there someday. There are always astronauts in orbit, above the clouds outside the atmosphere. Scientists, learning new things every day by being up there, where you can see the whole world all at once. Tears gleamed in Sir Stanhope's eyes, threatening to brim over and run down his rugged face. Thank you for this gift, Lady of Bloomington. Wherever I may roam, I shall speak highly of the hospitality of this place and its people. Alyssa felt as though she might have a touch of sunburn. She lowered her eyes in time to see his hand reach for hers. She let him pull her fingers up to his face to brush his lips across her knuckles. 
before Alyssa could catch fire from the heat in her cheeks. The knight turned to Shura. And thank you as well, noble rogue, for providing the information for this compass to guide my travels. Shura placed her hands behind her back and inclined her head in a slight bow. Sure, just get gone, okay? Who shall I seek when I get to your beta earth? Who can help me achieve greater heights, perhaps even to the lovely face of the moon herself? Well, began Alyssa, there's this guy who has his own space agency. He's selling rides to space. Sir Stanhope drew in a deep breath, chest swelling with what Alyssa thought might be hope. You might try introducing your hungover friend out there. Maybe talk shop a bit. A resourceful guy like you might be able to come to an understanding with him. The knight picked up his helmet and tied her scarf to a fixture on top, which was meant to hold a plume. And pray tell, how has this man become so rich that he can reach the heavens themselves? Well, he started out by selling books, and it kind of went from there. Sure, grinned. Sounds like my kind of shyster. Alyssa laughed. The knight bid them farewell and left through the door to the road. As the door closed behind him, Alyssa whispered, Maybe I'll see you there someday. Thank you for listening to the Alien Beer Podcast. If you like my stories, please visit my website, sillyhatbooks.com. I publish as E. Chris Garrison, and my books may be found in paperback, ebook, and audiobook format on Amazon.com and other places. The theme music for Alien Beer Podcast is Phantom from Space by Kevin McLeod. I very much enjoy feedback on this podcast and on my stories, so please leave comments on my website, visit me at at EC Garrison on Twitter, E. Chris Garrison on Facebook, or drop me an email at ecg at sillyhatbooks.com. This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.